The last couple of years have been one for the books to say the least. It is so exciting to get back to live audiences, whether it is a concert, sporting event, theater, etc. Whatever it is that you are looking for, I've got the perfect place for you. Megaseats.com. I know I'm not the only one who hates going to purchase tickets, seeing the ones you want, hitting that checkout button, and a price pops up and you're like, whose tickets are these? They cannot be mine. Well, with Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you get. No, really. No hidden fees at checkout. Type in the code SSAW Network in all caps at checkout and also receive a 10% discount. Your next live event is just a click away. Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. We are fresh off of the conclusion of the Super Bowl 2022. Coming to you tonight is Jordan and it's Henry. We were blessed with a good game, bro. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing even better than them Bengals lost. I'm glad they lost. <laughs> I don't care. I'm so sick of these media already putting Joe Burr on this Brady level type pedestal. It was just getting annoying. But yeah, doing well. And uh, oh, another person. I'm glad Eli Apple, all that smack talking he was doing on Twitter. Glad he went out with an L two. Yeah, I mean, and and of all the people to really be doing what they were doing on Twitter. Get off. Shut up. <laughs> like, come on, Eli. Like, come on, come on. But no, coming off this this game, I, I am mostly I am mostly appreciative of, of the fact that we got a Super Bowl that was a really good watch from beginning to end. And there's a lot to unpack with it. Let's go ahead and dive on into it. And, I mean, to start off, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Let's start off with the Bengals offense going against the Rams defense tonight. Like, what were your just initial takeaways from how Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense was working against the L.A. defensive front? I like what they were doing. Uh, Joe Mixon had a couple of runs that he bursted off. Of course, the biggest question mark was going to be the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line. And I would right. say that the Rams got the better of that of that matchup because of just how well. Because what the second was seven, eight times, correct? Seven was it seven times or eight times? Okay, yeah. seven. And of course, well, they didn't give they didn't give Donald the sack on that last play that basically sealed right, the game. Right, right. Yeah. So, of course, that was the biggest question mark going into the game. And uh, of course, you know, you go into the game with seven sacks, and you, you know, you won that that match. Um, but, yeah, but I like they were doing some quick passes, trying to get some slants out to try to get the ball out quick because they knew that the advantage was to uh, the Rams' defensive front. So they were trying to get some quick slants in. Uh, Joe Burrow, he had a couple runs that led to a first down. He had a couple of times when he moved inside the pocket to uh, extend the time a little bit so he can, you know, hit T. Higgins or hit Jamar Chase. But, um, but yeah, of course, the, the, the battle is going to be in the trenches for this game, and, and that's what won the game was that Rams' defensive line. That uh, turned it around for him. For sure, man. And it was so crazy to see how, 
like the only difference that I saw them doing a little bit more in the second half, as far as it pertains to the defensive line of LA was really where they were aligning Aaron Donald and whether or not they put that other defensive tackle over the head of the center. Right. Right. So for, you know, for, for everyone listening, when, when you don't have a guy head up on the center, basically meaning like nose to nose, that the center can then peel off and just help whatever side he wants. Obviously, the side he's going to pick is the side that's got 99 on it. Right, so, right. So then they started. You notice they kept doing that wide three. Yeah. And then leaving that one on one to either Von Miller or, or, or Floyd. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. working a lot. And because sometimes what would happen was when they ran it, they would leave, uh, it'll leave something wide up in the middle. Joe Burrow could run. But then that's when they was kept blitzing number 50. So, right, yeah. Curtis Jones, yep. Right, right. Yeah, they did that. And then I even called it on the one where Burrow, like, it was in the it was in the gun. I think it was a fourth and short. And and they, I'm glad that they replayed it. Big ups to Chris Collinsworth for going back and, like, you know, showing the angle to illustrate what happened. I said it when, before the play started. My brother was over, and he's normally a soccer guy, but he played football in high school, so he has, oh, okay. like, a knowledge of it. Right. And so he was like, and I was like, if the center's uncovered, the sneak's on the table. He's like, you think? And I was like, yeah, if the center's uncovered, the sneak is on the table. And then Burrow comes out. He's like, even if he's in the gun, I'm like, yeah, there's no one in the interior. Like, it's right. wide open. Right. And he just took it and he slid cool first down, you know, and they started, they made adjustments here. There, It was like they basically made the Bengals, like, take advantage of that. Right. And then once the Bengals would, like, start to really utilize it, that's when you'd start to see either Greg Gaines cover the center or they would drop in Sean Robinson. We saw a heavy dose of him tonight more so than we had seen at, le- at least through like certain games throughout this postseason. But it, as soon as they did that, this this Rams defense came to life. And I honestly think, bro, I honestly think like when they, when, when Odell went out and because he was cooking early, he was cooking well, early. Yeah, I think we had like two reception already for 52 yards. And both, and went for like or in the first quarter, like two first downs on third down were to Odell. Like it was a lot of what I was talking about. Like just him on the backside of that three by one, they did it rather than a post the backside dig. They had this fool as like a pinch slot on a backside over. Like I was like, okay, they they know exactly what they're doing and they're cooking with sauce right now. And then the knee, and then the play. We saw it. Yeah. Like it just looked awkward. This buckled or something. It did, and like it it was you know it was tough to see. It was sad to see. You want to see these teams play at full 100% strength, at least to what the Gotham here. I mean, no one would ever hopes for an injury. I mean, who loves that? But it definitely changed the scope of them. And it was really awesome to see this Rams defensive line basically come to life from the halfway point of the third quarter onto the end of the game. And they had, what, one sack prior to that? And then from the midway point of the third to the end of the game, they had six more. Just absolutely crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Well, I, I loved it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was really dope to see. I mean, I think they even had that one drive where they pushed the Bengals back. First down, sack. Second down, sack. Now we're looking at third and 22 on the goal line. It was like literally the defensive line just stepped up and doubled the efforts once one of the stars and the difference makers on the offensive side of the ball went down. Yeah, really, really would would definitely have to look at it there. What did you think about uh, the Rams secondary overall today in this game? Um... To me, it felt like they played a little timid, mm-hmm. uh, especially Jalen Ramsey, of course. I'm not going to give him that. T. Higgins, such a, that was off. No, that was clearly like he he stood up, like really. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like so. I'm not going to give him that one, but 
couple plays where I felt like maybe he was uh, a little bit out of position. I don't know, maybe, you know, Super Bowl, you know, it could be a number of things why he was playing the way he did. But um, I love what I saw from Eric Weddle, though. Eric Weddle was yeah. doing his thing over there. Um, I, I know I think they said he tore one of his pecs or something, but he still played through it because remember that happened in the first quarter on that tackle that he did to uh, Joe Mixon. He's on Mixon and he got that yeah. shoulder yeah. brace put right. in, yeah. So um, if I'm going to rate the, 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 the Rams secondary out of a 10, I'm going to give him a 6 because it wasn't too, too crazy because they didn't give up too much. But I feel like they gave up, they gave up some plays um, that were crucial, especially on third down. But I do, do want to give him this. They made like two or three that they hit the ball out and were like on third down were critical for them to yeah. win though. So I will give them that. Yeah, yeah, they will. Like Jalen had the the play on the it was early. Oh I want to say it was God. in the second quarter. Jalen had the one on the goal line against T. Higgins. He got away with a tiny tug on the jersey, but that's like that. That's that veteran tug where it's it's in such a small confined space, and even on a slow mode replay, it was just one small yank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, there's no way in real time they're going to catch that sort of thing. And then there was the one, though, before that, even on the right sideline where Jamar caught that one hander as he was falling down. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, oh yeah, that yeah, grab yeah, was yeah. so dope. Yeah. Like, fought through Jalen's contact. Like, Jalen was right there. Jalen was probably yeah. like, how did this fool catch this? Yeah. yeah that, was, that, was, that was a dope play. Yeah. Question for you mm-hmm. How do you think up until that last drive? How do you think Sean McVay called the game? Because I didn't like it at all. I thought he did. I thought there was a couple of times where I thought, like, he, like, I didn't like. So here's, here's what stands out in my response to that question. It was the third and five in the fourth quarter, right? It was, I, I want to say it was their second to last offense, meaningful offensive drive, I would say, apart from the kneel down. You know, but I would say probably the, the second to the last meaningful drive before they had that touchdown drive where they were just like, fuck it. I don't care what you do with Cooper Cup. I'm throwing him the ball. Double him all you want. I don't care. I'm still throwing him the ball. Before that drive, it was a third and five. They ran Daryl Henderson out on an indicator, right? And they they cleared it out to empty. And we saw the linebacker on Henderson. And then Henderson motioned back in the backfield. The linebacker shifted down. The defense bumped. So basically, we knew we got man on man. Yeah. And it's third and five. It was before the field goal they took to make it 16. It's third and five. I am not running a pass that has Cooper Cup throwing the ball to Matthew Stafford. Yeah. We have we have the most deadly duo on third and five versus man in the NFL between Matthew Stafford throwing the ball to Cup. I'm not going to have them do the opposite on that. Yes, I know. And as I said to my brother when this happened, I was like, I don't like that call. I don't like that call. And he goes, well, we also saw Joe Mixon you know, throw a touchdown pass to T Higgins that maybe, you know, made it to where the, you know, it was, they were on the verge of getting blown out. They needed something on their offense, got the run game going and then had the running back toss pass. And was I just saying that because it didn't work? No, I, I, I want, I want you to rely. What got you here? Exactly. What can't they stop? Rely on that. And I was feeling like too, some of the, the, the run plays that he kept calling, I wasn't like, because it seemed like as soon as they was running the play, they were in the backfield already, the, the Bengals defensive lineup, what I'm talking about. And I felt like that kept messing up their momentum. That kept stalling their drives. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're going to run, if you're going to do something like that, why don't you try something to the outside? And I'm not meaning outside. I, when I mean my outside, I'm not meaning like a stretch play, because a stretch play can take some time to develop. So like, you can do outside zone. I mean, that's yeah, Nick Bay's bread and butter. Exactly, exactly. So I didn't like the run plays, but, you know, 
Good thing he got away with it. I really think that would have been a focal point. I think they're averaging like 1.2 per carry. So, yeah, no, it was bad. Yeah, so that's that's what I didn't like. It, no, I'm with you on that. They couldn't get anything going with any of these backs that's today. Nothing. I mean, every single one of them, apart from the Cooper Cup, because he had that one end around. I did like that end around yeah, call. You know, the fourth, the one, yeah. yeah. And he got seven. Yeah. I love that yeah. call because yeah. of the look. I love the call. I, I'll bet you McVeigh was like, that was where he gets to that. Like, okay, I know what you're gonna do. So because you're gonna do this, take away this. I'm gonna run that. You know what I mean? And they had that. They had that tight front out there where they put basically three linemen in between the both guards, right? And they had the end around called with the walked up linebackers, you know, kind of like outside tilted. But that's what gave him the cutback lane open to cut north and get the first down. So I really love that call, especially once when they took the field, they like they didn't check out of it. Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. But yeah, overall, I mean, there were plays where there were plays where like I want to watch the all 22. I always want to go back and refer to the all 22 when we see games like this. Because there's just things that are missed on the broadcast. And some of those that I want to check are when Stafford would just basically like, oh, shit, I'm not going to hang in the pocket. I saw where Eli Apple is, and he's by himself, so I'm going to give my duty. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I get it, but still. Yeah, like he decided before the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, but then, that may, you know, the all 22 will tell all as it always does. But you could just tell that was in his head. And not that there are worse strategies to take than that. Yeah, yeah. However, yeah. make them work. That's all. I mean, I don't know. You know, tip for tat on that one. Uh, but no, we could we could shift it to. So let's look at it, you know, more of another angle of this. Who would be. How would I answer this? How would I ask you this? Who is the biggest difference? Let's just do it like this. This is this is easy enough. I was trying to go way too complicated. <laughs> Who is the biggest different difference maker tonight for the Bengals on their defense, even though they ended up having a losing effort? Oh, to me, it was Henderson, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the defensive end. Um, of course, he had that sack earlier on the game. He was no. I'm gonna give it two. I'm gonna say him. And I'm gonna say Logan Wilson too. Logan Wilson was shooting the hell out those gaps so fast. He was part of the reason why they kept getting those tackle for losses in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he was delivering like he was there. There's it's something to say on what you know it means to have a hitter. Yeah, you know because of how sometimes you can get illegal calls, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But when you're hitting people like he was today, that still yeah. matters. Yeah. So I love what I saw from the both of them. Uh, they both stand out. It's crazy because I was just looking there. They got some key players that's going to be uh, a free agents on the defensive side of the ball over there. So we're gonna have to see what they can do do with that. But yeah, I would say Trey and I would say uh, Logan Wilson for the two of the Biggest standouts on that Cincinnati defense over there. Mm-hmm. I have to definitely accredit those two guys. I mean, Awuzier ended up getting that one interception, yeah, yeah. but that was, I mean, you know, tip ball, right place, right time, whatever it might be. To me, though, I, I got to, again, bring up my guy. I got to bring it, bring up my guy, Jesse Bates. He's good. Interception that he got in the end zone. And whoever this dude was in a T-shirt that ran on the field. <laughs> like, Idiot. Like, bruh, this this is not a rap video. <laughs> like, hey, he thought it was. <laughs> I mean, but you know, whatever. It is what it is. Like, those penalties in the first place are dumb, you know. But either way, but no, Jesse Bates would be would be the dude. Even though he, I mean, he didn't have a perfect game by any means. Yeah. Cooper Cup's first catch of the game, like they got Bates matched up on him in the flat when he drove on it. They caught man. 
and Cup just stiff-armed him right by the sideline and ended up breaking Von Bell as well on his way to get like get a first down. Like Basically just disposed of both safeties on one play by himself. Yeah, yeah. That's just how it was today. Uh, for the Rams, now, uh, let me ask you this question. <laughs> when they started, like, panning around the course of this of this room tonight, and they were, not the room, but, like, the, you know, the field and everything, which person were you the most, like, the, the most appreciative and happy to see him get his ring? Ugh, of course, I'm going to put Odell on there. I got to put the ex-Raven Eric Weddle on there, especially his situation coming off the couch literally. And then getting the green dot tonight. Yeah, that too. He that's got crazy. green dotted tonight. I saw that when he in, when on that Joe Mixon play. Like we were watching it, and I was like, "Look at his leg!" And I was like, "He's got a green dot on his helmet." And of course, everybody in the room like, "The fuck is a green dot?" Jordan? Right, right, right. So, <laughs> Basically, everybody listening, he's calling all the plays. They hit yeah. the headsets wired to his his helmet. They gave, they gave him the trust of that. That's big. I I love it. That's big. Why? Wh- I mean, what what are you sitting there? If you're Raheem Morris, I can't take that away from Troy Reader. Right, bro. What you mean? <laughs> So definitely Eric Weddle, Odell Beckham. Of course, you got to give Aaron Donald because he's going to, in my opinion, already a top three defensive player to ever play to play football. And then Matthew Stafford, from all the crap he dealt with in Detroit, people yes. not really knowing what what type of great quarterback he is. I tell Josiah all the time, man. I don't like what players like players I like get drafted over there because I feel like they ain't gonna be able to prosper. But that's what I really they got a dark cloud over there. They do. They do. And I, I asked this I asked it on Twitter. I asked it on Twitter. I was like, how did I phrase it? I was like, I wonder if the people that always thought Stafford was trash because the Lions are trash still think Stafford is trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know, and it's just it's it's so great, like just like you said, exactly him. And the toughest ones for me to decide between was him and Aaron Donald, because yeah. like you said, Aaron Donald all time great. I remember talking about this guy for years and years and years, and then now to see Stafford get out from that cloud, got got to be happy for him. Got to really be happy for him. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I honestly don't like the, I don't even put like them two intercept. Those interceptions weren't even bad by Stafford, in my opinion. The no, first, the first one was on a third, what fifteen. He's Trying to make a play, a jump ball is pretty much going to be. It's pretty much a punt because it got to the twenty yard line. Um, and then the one, bait, yeah, and Bates like getting there to make the pick, like and it, and at worst it's a punt. I thought Van Jefferson should have fought more for that ball too. I thought so too, but I'll bet you when he like saw it, he didn't even what my anticipation of that was or my assumption of that was is like when he saw that ball in the air, I didn't necessarily think he was going to have to like compete with someone below him. Yeah, like when he was judging the trajectory of the ball and tracking it, he was like, okay, I got it. If I go here. And then when he got in the air, he's like, Oh, this fool. He, here's Jesse Bates in my yeah, face. Yeah, now, yeah. you know, that's, that's like, Oh, I didn't. Oh shit. He's here. Like, yeah. that's what I think happened with that. Like, just because of how Bates tracked that ball yeah. when they showed that replay of it, that was insane. And we sat there, like I sat there with, on the commercial break, like rewinding it until my mom was basically like, I want to see the commercials. I was like, all right. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, she don't, she don't like football, but nonetheless, she's even still stayed till the third, till the third quarter. And, and another huge loss that we didn't even talk about. is Tyler Higby. Stafford loves Higby. Does. And, and he didn't play today. So like I said, that was another break. That like how we spoke like before, uh, before we, we, we started recording how big, 
the advantages that, you know, things just kept going their way with the Odell Beckham going down with, with Tyler Higby not playing with, uh, you know, running running game can't get nothing going. I'm telling you, like a lot of stuff been going there was going like the perfect storm was brewing for them. But you know, for they, sure, they couldn't finish it off. Yeah, no, they they couldn't finish it off at all. Um, do you think so? Like Zach Taylor, we there had been a lot of conversation about him, and I mean, on this show when we did our AFC North breakdown, both Josiah and I have this man getting getting the fire stick tonight. Do you think there's anything Zach Taylor could have done differently from a coaching perspective or like what was your kind of just assumption of his first Super Bowl appearance as a head coach? Um, subpar. I wasn't impressed with it. I, well, I, I'll be honest, I haven't been impressed with him really all year. Thank you, bro. Thank yeah. you. Like, he, like, he's just right. Like, he's just he's doing something right, but he's not doing something amazing. Yeah, nothing that you can be like, oh, yeah, he's a like if you're gonna be like, oh, does he have an advantage over the, the opposition that coach? You're going to say no. So right. I don't I don't believe nothing in him. I believe he just has great talent on that field. Um, like for example, if he dealt with what we were dealing with with like as far as injury wise, and like how like we lose to you know Green Bay Packers by two points, how we lost to the Rams by like two points. I feel like they get blown out in them games because I don't feel like he's gonna yeah. make that much of a difference. I don't. Right. I, we, yeah. We saw what happened with Joe Burrow got hurt. You know. You know, of course, they drafted Jamar Chase. They picked up a couple of free agents, uh, free agents this offseason. But they was getting killed last year, though. Yep. So I don't see nothing impressive about him at all. Um, if I'm going to rank him out of a 10, like on my scale of what I believe in him, I can give him a 2. I honestly do. Oh, that low. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, yeah. He hasn't shown me nothing that I'd be like, okay, that was a – just like early in the game, him going for that fourth down early in the game, I thought that was stupid. Oh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Didn't bother me. I do. It's a Super Bowl. I do. I do. I, I don't. Know. I don't mind that. I mean, fourth and one early in the game. Let's. let's I mean, you know. But I don't mind that. It was early in the game. It's not like there's something they had to. It was still zero zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like nobody had really had the momentum yet. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, fame him or flame him for either way. Yeah. You know, on it, it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Uh, and really, honestly, I think. But I'm with you 100% overall on the on the on the grading of what he has or has not done. Most of what he is doing is just you know he's he's feeding into the talent he has, and then the talent is just winning. There's nothing special that he's doing with this talent. We got one on ones throwing the ball, which there is like he really has three number one receivers out there. Right, we got a one on one. There's a one on one on the outside with T Higgins throwing the ball. Exactly. Exactly. There's not like which it's it's some there is something to to me there's something to be said to be a head coach and to just just stop making it more complicated and to just like no well, yes, do yes, that absolutely you know what I mean so so I have to give him like some props and he's obviously in the Super Bowl on a team that really most people didn't have making the playoffs if you were not a Cincinnati fan before the start of the year so therefore he's doing something right but to your point yes. He's not like this isn't some masterful coaching job that's landed them here. If I were to pick between, you know, him or what Lou Anarumo has done with the collection of these players, the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, that's the man I'm giving more coaching props to for what he has been able to do and how he is his deployment and usage of these people is more of a schematic advantage than it is just talent shining through in the offense. Yeah. So like, I'll give you an example. I think your guys' interim head coach is better than him. I do. Mm-hmm. 
I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you have to. If, if Zach Taylor had to deal with all that you guys dealt with this year, I think you guys wouldn't have won no more games. That's really how I feel. Yeah, I, I well maybe one or two, but not close to what you, you guys for sure wouldn't have been the, been the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I mean, Bisaccia, you know, keeping keeping the the team together like he did, and all that those things like going through that type of turmoil. It's rare that a coach has to deal with as little internal turmoil that that Zach Taylor had to do this year in the way of injuries and you know making different types of adjustments that were available through personnel losses. So, losages, not a word, but you know, losses. <laughs> Either way. Uh, but to, to swing it back just to this this game in particular, uh, the Bengals, when they were down prior, we had talked about it a little bit earlier on the quarter, the, the running back toss pass. I have to say something that I was really wrong about when I was approaching this game on the preview. I thought that the Bengals' run game wasn't going to be as much of a factor as it was. Were you surprised at that? I know you're, you and Josiah are more like run-centered yeah. philosophically when it comes yeah. to the NFL than me. I, I don't. I'm not completely, you know, PFF analytical that says scrap it completely. But I'm definitely lean past for sure, for sure, for sure. Basically, a long way to a short question: Did this Bengals run game exceed or fall short of your expectations? I'm going to say exceed because I felt like that they probably were going to try to do what they did do in the game, with as far as like quick passes, trying to get. Uh, use those weapons out there because I felt like they they thought maybe the other two corners, other two or three corners besides Jalen Ramsey, they can probably uh, win some matchups there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're going to do that more. But like I said, Joe, Joe Mixon broke off some some good runs, uh, you know, in, in the beginning of the game and in that third and fourth quarter. So, yeah, I would say it, it exceeded my expectations. Okay, yeah, because it definitely exceeded mine. It definitely, definitely exceeded mine. I mean, the fact that they had – they had what Joe was over four eight, which was his largest output of the of the entire postseason that he had put together. And there was a good majority of of those runs where he was like making two dudes miss. You know, after he would break that initial that initial lane. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to give him his props. I mean, he's he's always been that type of a back who's just you know, given those chances, he'll be able to make it work. But what we saw from their running backs and receiving game that was that was not. Now, the, the Rams just did a really good job of rallying to those and making stops because just from, you know, the standpoint of the running backs alone, we're looking at six catches for four yards between the three of them. <laughs> yeah, not not necessarily a recipe Absolutely for success. Nope. No, uh, regardless, at the end of this game, the person who comes away with the MVP is Cooper Cup tonight. He falls short of his prop bet of over eight and a half catches, but nonetheless finishes with eight for 92 and two touchdowns. Is he going to be paid like the number two receiver in the NFL or the number one receiver in the NFL when his contract is up? Because he's still on that rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no. He got a contract, I want to say, about two years ago. Oh, no, he did because, yes, they signed him early. Yeah, yeah, they did. Because then I, when does I this... Remember, I remember when they signed him, I said, how the hell they afforded him? But yeah, they figured out to get him in that cap. Damn. When So when does this, uh, this, so if he's on his, he's already on his second deal. They, they must have so, done so it Maybe 2024, maybe? He's up in 2024. Let's look here. I got it up on spot track right now. Uh, so they had, so when they signed that deal, he had the out after this, after uh, this year or the following season, if they want to jump out of it. And then if they don't, they can keep him 2023, 
2024 and 2025. Okay, well, triple crown when he got him, he deserves it. Yeah, he made 18.6 this year. He's set to make 18.5 the following year. But guess what, bro? If he sticks around for 2024 and 2025, his cap hit is only 4.6. He mm, had this deal mm, front loaded like a mug. Really good. I was just thinking, this is all sessions. I was looking at some cap hit. I think Matt Ryan is like at 48.7. He is. He is. He totally is. He totally is next year. <laughs> Holy shit! They gotta figure something out because that's that's pretty much fifty million. Yep. Yeah. Over the next uh, over the next so cup this year twenty twenty one season, which even though we're in the, the year twenty twenty two, obviously right now as we sit here and record this, he's on his twenty twenty one contract, which was five point three. So oh, okay. next season okay. cup is gonna get eighteen six. The season after that, he's going to get 18.5. Season after that, he's going to get 4.6. But those are also those void deals, so they can yeah, just erase yeah. those if they want to. What do you think about these Aaron Donald retire rumors? I think they're bull crap. Got to be. I, I just I just can't. He, I just can't. Why now? See it. Why would you do it now? I can't see it. I just Why can't. would you do it now? Why? Like, like I need someone to show me reason. Four years. I can't see. He's only 30. And playing at an extremely high level. He doesn't have an injury history. He doesn't have like a concussion history. I can't see it. it, it like, like I need that's what I'm saying, bro. Like people who are putting them rumors out, the NFL rumors account on Bobby Twitter. Harrison. Who else? Uh I think Florio's stupid self says something too. See, yeah, I don't even follow. They both that. work for NBC though. Yeah, yep, yep. So yep. Mike Mike be doing that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean I, I need someone to, to tell me why. I need a I need a tangible reason because it's not because he's slowing down. It's not because the Rams aren't ready to just re gear up and do this shit again. So why? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I can't I can't see it. You know, I mean, yeah, no, I can't I can't either. Definitely can't either. But I mean, hey, as they I was asked this question at, at the beginning of uh, this game. And uh, I think it, it uh, obviously it's something that's been on a couple of people's minds because you can't help but compare the two quarterbacks in a Super Bowl. But if we were just talking about just next year, that's it. Not considering either team and the way that they're set up, not considering the age between these two guys and how much more you have ahead, but just next season alone in a vacuum, you're starting a team. Are you picking Matthew Stafford as your quarterback or are you picking Joe Burrow? It's kind of tough because it is tough that like my, my I got to give a big shout out to Miles Robinson, my brother. He's a soccer guy, but I for, I don't watch football with him that much, but I forget how much he just knows about the game from when we were kids. But yeah, to continue so on, like your, your age going to this too. No, that's what I was saying. Only next season. Cause obviously if you have a franchise, you're just going to go. with right, going just going of next season, I'm going to go Matt Stafford. Just next season yeah, in I'm a vacuum. Gonna, I'm gonna go Matthew Stafford. We're just going just next season, one year. Just next season, one year. You got one year to get a Super Bowl ring, and you're starting with a fresh roster. And someone says, "Okay, you can have Stafford, or you can have Joe." I'll go. And Matt. salary cap doesn't matter. I'll go Matt. Okay. And I want to say Matt even pre Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah, I was asked that question before the game started, and I took the same answer: Matthew Stafford. It's just that's that that guy has he's always had it, and I'm so glad to see him win and just finally get get to this point. The 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 first year, literally the first year, he goes from you know uh he goes from purgatory in the NFL yeah 
to the Rams, which is the land of milk and honey with Sean McVay and how much Les Snead is just going to make these big, huge home run swings to get Jalen Ramsey's, to get Vaughn Miller's, to get Odell Beckham's, to get Matt Stat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you break that up. Man, I read an article how they pretty much go about their draft picks, right? And it made a lot of sense. So pretty much it was pretty much saying that how, of course, we know that they always trade away uh, their draft picks, the first-round draft picks, but they always trade them for premium positions, though. Yeah. Cornerback. Yes. Premium position. Cornerback. Premium position. Receiver. And that's when they use those. Ed Rusher. Ed Rusher. Premium position. So then that's when they use those other picks, so the middle round picks on uh, a nickelback corner or uh, a, a safety, a safety of Van Jefferson, something like that. And it made perfect sense to me. Like, is it, do I like it? It's so, it's, you know, it's a good strategy. Well, obviously, because I just made him win the Super Bowl, but it just made a lot of it sense. It's is a really good strategy. They're not tripping about trading these two for a top three quarterback in the league. They don't care if, it, if we got to get this draft pick to get a Matthew Stafford uh, from Detroit because those are premium positions and not only premium positions, you're probably not going to get that caliber of a player in the first round. Is it possible? No, but at least this is already a proven guy. Exactly. That part. That part. That has already showed it in the NFL. That has already been an all-pro. That has already been a, to a pro bowl. We'll rather trade our first-round pick for something that's guaranteed than something that's we're not. Yeah, he had a great, great college uh, uh, tape and all that, but it's still not guaranteed because we got to see what he can do once he gets to the pro league. So right. it's just thinking, it was like, it's a great, like, so they, they don't use, they, they're not trading those first round pick for a center or, 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 or a third wide receiver or a safety, how the dumbass Seahawks did. They're going to trade two first for Jamal Adams. Right. So I just thought about, like, yeah, so you, you can't even get mad at them trading the first round pick because they're trading for a premium position. I don't know premium position, premium players. Premium positions at premium, or pre, how would I put it? It's a lot of alliteration, but I can do it. You <laughs> you laid it out perfectly. Premium players at premium positions and people that are proven. Yeah. Yes. And not only that, just proven, these are all, when they trade for Jalen Ramsey, he was an all pro. He was proven, like his, his greatness was proven. Yeah. So if you yeah. get great at a premium position, <laughs> I mean, you, you in the game right there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's and Matthew Stafford. He made Pro Bowl, but everybody saw the talent. Everybody knew he still had. He was doing no looks before uh, Patrick Mahomes. He was doing. He was, and well, and the thing before, the the thing, before Patrick Mahomes, but nobody was seeing it because he was in Detroit or acknowledging it because he was in Detroit. That part, that part, that part. So many people. You, you. It was literally. It was obvious who like. It was just an immediate like. I know this much about football. When someone would try to tell me Matt Stafford sucks. Like all those times he was with you're, Durant, you're, like, with the Lions. Watching, you're just looking at the the, the, the exactly. box stats. That's all you're doing. Exactly. No, Matt Stafford's not as good as Alex Smith. What are you talking? About? <laughs> like, what you mean? No, Tim. I give me Tim Tebow before you give me Matt Stafford. Yeah, what? Wild, wild. Like, like, what is this? Where we are? <laughs> but pe- that was those were legitimate statements. Those were legitimate. He's a winner. Like all those stupid things. Like just. It shows how much that people cannot separate individual performance from a team's success or lack of success. And that's what football emulates at its core. 
And and tonight, you know, we saw we saw a collective of the two. We saw good players on a good team with a good coach. They were able to go ahead and get that victory. Uh, before we get out of here um, tonight, would you have any other like final comments, final thoughts on this Super Bowl? Yeah, I'll just say before what we were talking about beforehand. You know, Bengals, you had a great run, but a lot of things went your way. Let's just start with the division. I don't think the Ravens were what second team in the whole NFL with the most injuries, not injured the whole NFL. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think the Browns are going to be better next year. So that's already two teams in the division. I'm not too sure about the Steelers because we don't know what's going to happen with their QB uh, situation. But they do get a, a Watson or a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. That's you know we already know what Mike Tomlin how he is. We already know about that defense over there, so they could be viable. There's a lot of things that went your way, and I feel like I honestly feel like this was their best year to win it, and I feel like they just couldn't fit, cross the finish line. So I think next year is going to be tougher, and they got some key free agents over there on that defensive side of the ball that earned themselves some money. I don't see how they'll be able to get back. I think they're going to get the most that they can get, and I don't think the Bengals can give them that. So um, yeah, I think this is their best time to try to do it, and they didn't, they couldn't capture it. Who else? Who's up? So I know they have to pay Jesse Bates. And I think they got to pay Hubbard. I just saw the list. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, I, I know they got to pay Bates. I know they got to pay. Uh, yeah. they, they, well, they Eli Apple's gone yeah, unless Riley they want to resign him. Riley Reeve. Larry Riley Reeve, the tackle. CJ Uzama, who's up, solid tight end, up and coming. Okay. Jesse Bates, Eli Apple. Nobody cares. He can do whatever. You can let Eli go. Yeah. Trey um, Flowers. Bates, you definitely have to sign. Yeah. Trey Flowers and BJ Hill. Trey Flowers, you can let go. Uh, BJ Hill, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I'd let him go. Honestly, I w- I might let him. He he filled in really solid ever since Larry Ogunjobi went out. But then you're gonna have to pay Ogunjobi and BJ Hill and DJ Reader. Would you, and you Riley still have and, and Riley Riley Reef then on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, who before that like he was your like him and you had actually they actually with Riley Reef healthy. And uh, Jonah Williams, they had two at least starter level tackles with those two guys. Yeah. So it kind of then begs the question: Do you want to do you want to play that game and try to see if you can find another tackle, or you already need offensive line help as it is? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that that begs that question there. Well, but, what about you know? Do you, do you try to franchise him, or do you think he's gone? Uzama, I would honestly try to franchise Uzama, and the first person that I am inking up for a deal is Jesse Bates. That's the first person yeah. I'm bringing into the contract. That I mean, that's the first person I'm doing right there. Like that's I'm bringing him in, and we're going to extend him. And then after that, I will visit what we're going to do with Uzama. Uh, I honestly, you know what I'm going to do? If I don't, I, I don't keep him around because I don't want to invest any money, any big money in the uh, tight end position. Right now, if I'm the Bengals like that because of my tight end is sure if I can find a guy that's functional at that, but I recognize that my strength is in my receiving core, yeah, and especially in my quarterback. And you're going to have to at some point, not soon, you're going to have to pay T. Higgins. You're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. I think in another year, you're going to have from now, you're going to have to pay Tyler Boyd. Not let's, let's not even talk about the suit. Just about when you get started, you have to pay Joe Burrow. I mean, that's but you, you got like four years, three years from that. And then you got about the same amount of time with, with, with chase with T. So that's why I don't want to want to, 
attach gotcha, any money gotcha. beyond the next season. I, I'd offer CJ maybe like a deal for the next two years. Because what Mark they, Andrews is making what about 15, 16? Uh, per year? Yeah. Yeah, I don't give him that. I don't give him that's, money. Not. that's what I'm saying. So that's so what maybe what is he worth? Maybe nine or ten? I don't even give him that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even give him that. I'm sorry. Like CJ, I mean, like, and maybe he would be upset about it. And you know, maybe he's got a point. Maybe there is a team like cool. I hope he gets his money. But you're right. Yeah, I don't I don't pay him like that. No, not at all. Yeah, because Mark Andrews through this year, he's probably probably uh, eclipsed Travis Kelsey, how great he was playing with this. Yeah, like yeah, Mark Andrews was the most productive tight end in the NFL yeah. this season. Like, like, just pr- that's why I said it, said it that way. The most productive tight end in the NFL, and you know, so I don't, I don't dole that money out for CJ Uzama at all. So I, I would just let him go. I'll draft one. I'll use Drew Sample. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll make it work elsewhere. I just know that that means down the line, that's just me saving and stocking money away for Burrow, for Higgins, for Chase, and I would honestly even try to retain Boyd and just, you know. See, see what I can do because I don't think Jamal, I don't think Tyler Boyd is going to get big money on the market. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. really think he, he got that big drop too, man. His first of the entire year. Yeah, big. His first and only of the entire year. All the times it could come, that's when it came, and that's when it came. That that that's what this game is, man. It's and and it's for everyone who's seen any given Sunday, Al Pacino talking about peace with inches. One half a second too later to really you don't quite catch it. You don't quite make it. That's really what it is. It's what it is, man. It's so true. That's what makes it's that speech so, so dope. It's so small, but so like so big at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like we saw like that face mask to Jalen Ramsey happened in second. A second. No, 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 one second. Yeah, yeah. yeah that fast. That fast. Okay. Maybe even less. You know what I mean? In real time, in terms of how it broke down. You could tell something looked kind of weird, but then when you saw the replay and you slowed it down from these advantageous angles, then you really saw what happened. But that's football. It's so bang, bang. Like, it's so instant. It's so instantaneous. It's so crazy from one snap to the next. Yeah. Literally in the span of, of four seconds. 11 players are trying to do something to these other 11 players while these other 11 players are trying to do something to these 11 players. All right. Y'all got four seconds to do what you're going to do to, to execute your assignment, to counter his assignment, to deal with this. And then you're going to do it again here in another, in another minute. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I just love that. I love that. As we sit here on the last recap that we are going to do until September, I love that we were left with a game that kept our attention through the entire time that it was on. I love the fact that like we weren't sitting here in the third quarter yeah, just like, well, football's done. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were sitting here in the fourth quarter like still glued on the TV still talking about what one team's going to do, what one team's not going to do, still sitting here and deciding, like, what would you do if this play is approaching? Still sitting here with people in in one color jersey versus another, still having faith that their team can win and their team can deliver something that changes the day and changes this experience for them. They talked about on the broadcast how Cincinnati canceled school. Yeah, yeah. The next day on Monday. Yep, yep. 
I love that. Think about it. These kids are watching the Super Bowl that's airing in the West Coast and starting. This this tipped off at 6.30. And then had the had a long and very underrated, understated, not I wouldn't say underrated, I would say slightly disappointing halftime show. <laughs> to say the least if I'm being if I'm being friendly. <laughs> Bro, why why was fifty upside down? I didn't even know me and my girl was talking. I didn't even know it was him at first. I'm like, is that fifty? <laughs> he's upside down and he's like hasn't kept track of his diet the same way. Oh yeah, not close, but hey, it is what it is. I mean, I don't blame the man. I mean, you're making all kinds of money. You don't gotta like you know, do what you're gonna do, bro. I know he says he doesn't drink, but he's looked like he's been drinking IPAs yeah, like me. Probably. You know what I mean? Probably. Great game, no. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad the Bengals lost. And uh, great football season, too. With the seven, Man, seven, that's, seven, the, that's the thing. Great football season. Great football season. We got a great playoffs. And we honestly got, as we, before, the last question I'm going to ask you, the last thing I want to talk about before we go. Made a cool 45. Where, what, when was the last time we saw a Super Bowl as good as this one? How far back do you have to go? Ooh. Uh, let me. Obviously not last year. Yeah, because yeah, because that's what it was. Was this better than Chiefs Niners? I would say so. I would say I would so. too. I would say so. Well, probably yeah, probably since that one. Probably since that because that was a good Super Bowl. That was a good one. Yeah. So yeah. I think this oh, was better. Yeah, I'll say it's better, but. Since then, yeah. So when, how far back do we have to go to where we get one that was better? Was it twenty-eight three? Was it Eagles? Eagles? Uh, Eagles? Patriots? Yeah, that's that was another great one. Um, I think that's that's yeah, probably where the benchmark right there. Yeah. Yeah, probably the Eagles. Eagles. Patriots or or Falcons not wanting to run the ball. So. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation, but yeah. It's a whole other conversation and a whole other podcast. This has been an incredible season from the Cover Zero podcast, and we appreciate every single one of you guys listening. I had fun with you guys this year. Yeah, man. It was a lot of fun this year, and uh, we're going to have a lot more fun. We're going to take a little bit of a break, obviously, here at the end of the season. And um, I honestly think, bro, this post – We'll have our free agency. We're going to do much more draft prospect podcast yeah, than yeah, we did last year. Especially when the combine, because we didn't have a combine last year. Right. So I know we'll have some combine talk as well. Risers, yeah. fallers, all that type of thing. Yeah. We're going to do risers, fallers. We're going to have our, we're going to aim to, the plan is, is that we want to have a podcast that covers each position group 10 deep. That's yeah, yeah. That's the plan. Like yeah. each position group ten deep, and then we go in from there and undo our thing. Uh, the Super Bowl has ended, so starting honestly, starting tomorrow. Knowing me, I'm gonna dive into draft prospects heavy, heavy, heavy. I'm gonna start breaking down film. So can't wait, can't wait to do that. That's what's up next. We appreciate sincerely, people, the course of this season and just everything that this this year brought with the NFL. I mean, the way that we, as we talked about at the start of the show, the way that Joe Burrow, his perception changed and just the hot button issue that he is and 
the type of the quarterback that he may or may not be. And the season that he delivered and the Bengals brought us really provided a lot of spark and a lot of surprise. It really broke that mold of the same predictable Tom Brady will be there and the guy that we are used to winning it wins it. And Stafford, who was the guy that was used to losing, 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 gets onto this team and actually goes on to win it. The same season we see the oldest left tackle to ever play in an NFL game win a Super Bowl against the team that drafted him so long ago. Obviously, I'm talking about Andrew Whitworth with that to see Sean McVay win his Super Bowl as this boy wonder head coach who had to then beat the team with Kyle Shanahan that had he had never been able to even get a victory against. And then for him and Stafford to both win this way for Aaron Donald, for Jalen Ramsey, for Odell Beckham, for Cooper Cup, for everyone in L.A., for Southern California, for the NFL. We appreciate y'all listening to Cover Zero Podcast, and we will definitely be back. Appreciate y'all. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media, and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next week.